Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. You know, every child that Becky and I have had, you know, God has given us more grace to continually to parent well. You know, you think initially that you're going to go insane and that you can't handle it. Amen? Oh, no, we're pregnant again, if you've ever had that moment. You know, because I remember the first one, we were super excited. The second one, we were, I was kind of excited. And the third one, I was kind of like one of those oh no's. You know, like, again, back to, back to, back to square one, right? You know, so regardless of how that happens, God will give us the grace to do well, to father well, to parent well. So this is going to be geared towards fathers, but, but mom's in the house. I don't want you to check out and feel like that this is not practical and not relevant to you because I think it will help both. Now, I know as a man, I like the nuts and bolts. Tell me what to do. Give me some practical application of how to fix it. We got any fixers in the house? If your wife is sharing her heart with you about all these emotional things, the only thing you care about is how to fix it. Some of you said, I'm not saying nothing. I learned my lesson on that, right? You know, that's not what a woman always wants. She doesn't want just a fixer. Maybe she just wants you to listen. Hello. All the women came to life. I said, man, it's Father's Day and you're giving me a counseling lesson. All right. So before we jump into this passage and we look at some of these um, practical things, Uh, that I believe that will help you father well. Guys, I want you to know that you were built for this. You have what it takes. You can be a great father. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to mess up, but you have the potential to be a great father. You know, what God gives us to steward, you know, when we look at our children as a a gift from God, he doesn't give you something and and, and, and withholds the ability to do it well. Now, it requires your focus, it requires your attention, and, and men, if you look at anything that you do well, it probably took effort. Now, I think there are natural giftings of some things that we are just good at, but most stuff that we get good at takes work. Now, I want to tell you, fathering well takes work. It's not going to be something that you can just say, oh, well, you know, I'll be a father when I want. And I see that a lot. You know, sometimes there's fathers that are present and then sometimes they disengage and they kind of do what they want. And, and we got to stay engaged our whole lives as long as our children are in our home or are in our sphere of influence. Because I know that even in my, my son is 10 years old right now, and I know there's going to come a moment in his life where that transition has to happen, where he has to be a husband to a wife and, God willing, a father to his children. And there needs to be some, hey... Good luck, buddy. Right? You know, where there has to be that grow moment to where he figures it out just like we're figuring out. But I believe that there are some nuts and bolts that can really help us be great fathers now. Um, it's never too late. Let me just say that. You know, I feel like some parents and fathers and, and families feel like, well, my time is almost over. My kids are old. You can always redeem the time. God will always give you the grace to get back what you lost. Okay? So really, one, we got to see that that children, they're a blessing, even though there's a, it's a challenge. Fathers, we got to see fathering as a blessing, not a burden. We got to change that mindset that we can say, oh man, all these kids are just wearing me out. And, but we need to see them for the blessing they are. 
You know, uh, the, the longer I get to father my children, the greater the blessing they've become to me. I see them grow. I see them be courteous. I, I see the things that I've taught them. They learn them. And God willing, they do it without me telling them. Right? We see this progression of, of just this training and this teaching and all of this effort coming to fruition in their life. You know, the Scripture communicates that children are a blessing from the Lord, which we'll look at in detail in just a moment. But, you know, the Scripture gives us fathers guidance in how to raise our children as they grow. So realize, fathers, that, that it's not just a role that you play, but it, it, your, your position of fathering is critical to the foundation of your children. You know, I know in today's culture, in today's society, there's homes that are broken, there's families that are divorced, there, there are young men and, and young women growing up without the father figure in their life. And, and I really believe that, you know, this whole idea of this confused, mo- confused model comes from broken homes, right? You know, p- you know, kids growing up without a father or growing up with just a mother or the mom having to take the role of the father. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying when, when the situation, you know, is uncontrollable if there's death or if there's this there's something that happens but what I'm talking about when marriages are broken and then the adults are acting like children and don't want to get along for the sake of the kids listen if you have had a child with another person you are both in it forever you say I don't like them it don't matter if you like them or not at that point on behalf of your children you got to get through it you got to be adults don't be children trying to teach children Now, the ideal one is just don't get divorced, then you don't have to go through it, right? But we know that's not the raw reality. Sometimes things happen, sometimes sin happens, whatever justification for that divorce. But listen, if kids are involved, you still got to be all in. You got to figure out how to get along as adults. Don't take it out on the kids. It wasn't their fault, okay? So this morning, I, sorry, there's going to be a lot of little nuggets like that. You okay with that? All right. Um, So three different areas that I really feel like have to be a part of a child's life. And a father should strive to fulfill these, okay? Um, You know, moms, if you're taking up the slack, like I said, these things will apply to you also. Uh, But we have to understand, you know, these three areas that that a kid needs to really establish a firm foundation. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about doing everything right or doing everything wrong. It's about establishing a good, firm foundation that your children can stand up on so that they can stand on their own one day. We got to establish that. So three areas that we're going to look at is going to be accountability, apprenticeship, and affirmation. Okay, these are, so we're going to go through, we're going to break each of these down. So let's look at accountability. We'll jump right in because every man wants to get out of here early, have lunch, and prop their feet up, right? Just playing, but maybe that is you, so I'll keep moving. So accountability for your child, you know, it, it, it is a must to help them grow into a healthy, well-balanced adult. You know, and I think if we look at our own lives, parents, fathers, mothers, everybody in the room, sometimes there's some things as parents we're really good at. Sometimes there's some things that we're really bad at. What I'm talking about is having this balance where you apply discipline, but you allow grace and, you know, flexibility, all of these things that we want to have a, a balanced foundation for our children because the world is crazy. It's, it's un, you know, it's not, you can't just say this is exactly how it's going to play out. Now, as parents, we want to believe that our kids are going to go to school, graduate, go to college, find the perfect spouse, get married. They're going to provide or provide for, and all of these things are going to, and it's just going to be this fairy tale ending. Well, if you've lived long enough, you know life is hard. 
It's not always as ideal as Disney makes it the claim to be, right? But yet, if there is a firm foundation, regardless of the situation or the storms of life, if the foundation is established, your children will be successful. So they have to have accountability. So many, too many children are not receiving discipline and guidance at home and being left to make their own decisions and suffering the dire consequences. Now, parents, I want to radically shake your thought process. If you think just allowing your children to be free to make whatever choice they think they need to make, if you think that that's going to help them grow, you are missing it by a mile. Your kids don't have the capacity to think as an adult. They don't have the capacity to know, hey, this will lead to this and this will affect this and thinking down the road. Most of the time, it's very nearsighted. Now, even as adults, we have problems with that, right? We don't look down the road or say, hey, I make this choice. It could affect this, this, and this. You know, this is adult thought versus child child thought process, right? So we have to realize that just releasing a child to make whatever decision they think, it's a bad idea, okay? So 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childhood. I put, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So realize that children are children and they will talk, think, and even reason like a child. You ever gotten an argument with your child? And you, I don't know, you're trying to talk to him as an adult, but you realize at some point, you're just a child. You don't get it. And like, don't go to war. Just shut them up and move on. You know, if you're, if you're bickering back and forth, trying to reason with them as an adult and they are a child, it is impossible. They think like a child. They act like a child. They are a child. Now, if you're over 20, that does not apply to you. It's time to grow up. <laughs> All the young adults are like, see, dad, see? No, if you're in your 20s, you got to come on with it. All right. So we got to realize that, uh, you know, fathers and parents without an established foundation for your children, they will have a hard time growing into adolescence and adulthood. So when a child is left to his own way, he, will inevit- he or she will inevitably get into trouble. And that's where accountability plays in. So do you, let, me, let me tell you what a lack of accountability looks like. So I'm going to give you the example of riding a bike with training wheels versus not uh, riding a bike without training wheels. And, you know, I've been working with Grace, like, so we'll take the training wheels off and she'll do pretty good, but she's just kind of fearful to try it. And, you know, well, I know she can do it. She just has to get her mindset right. But let me tell you what happens, what it looks like when you remove accountability from from the equation. It is the equivalent of taking your child who doesn't know how to ride a bike, taking the training wheels off, getting them on the bike and saying, good luck, and kicking them and pushing them down a hill. Now, they might ride for a little bit, but what is going to happen? It is going to be a catastrophic injury. When there's a lack of accountability, you're putting them in a situation they don't know how to do. Now that, you know, I know the old days, they said, hey, teach somebody to swim, just throw them in the deep end. They're going to figure it out. Now they could drown. You know, that's, that's, that's the payoff, right? You know, at what risk do we apply those principles? Now, I'm going to those guys, hey, I hope you can survive in the three or four foot before I throw you in the deep end. You know, this last week, Grace just decided, hey, I'm going to start swimming. And she swam like in a day, but she's been practicing with her floaties. And we're like, we know you can swim. You just got to get your mind right. But as a parent, I make sure she can handle the three or four foot before I say, baby, get up on that diving board and jump off. But without accountability, it's, it's, that, it's that dangerous. And we got to realize that your children need accountability. Fathers, you got to hold your children accountable to some standard, to some expectation. Don't let them do whatever they want. 
Well, that's what my parents did to me. Hey, make the correction and apply it now. Because I believe that if your parents really let you do whatever you want, oh, you got some horror stories. Say, man, we don't want to talk about that, Pastor Noe, right? Think about it. Oh, they let me do whatever I want, and I turned out, oh, wait, I forgot all that stuff. (laughs) You got it, I promise. There's stuff in there that you just, even when they are guiding you and adding that account, you still make stupid mistakes because you think as a child. So fathers, you got to be that, per- that person that applies that accountability. So we need to make sure that those training wheels, fathers, are intact. This is the wall of protection for your children as they grow. It doesn't mean that, that those training wheels will be there forever or those protection barriers will be there forever, but while they are growing, while they are maturing, till they get to the place of where they can think like adult fathers, you've got to safeguard your children. This, this kind of looks like who they're around, what they do. Hey, if you never look at your teenager's phone, you need to start. I don't know how young your kids are when they get a phone, but you might have should have already evaluated that if they already have a phone. Don't get mad at me, young adults. All right, some of, some of these things, you know, without a, a, with self-control or without accountability can destroy a child. And I know for me as a father, I have put too much hard work in my children just to say, oh, you know what? Who cares? Come on. Really, deep down, we really do care. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I'll keep preaching then. All right? So the goal here is not to make every choice for your child, but it is to lead them in a way where they start making the correct choices on their own. You know, Samuel, he's been busting me up lately. I just, you know, I'm like, son, when is it going to click? What age does it click where they start just doing it on their own? Any parents know? 40, dear Lord. I guess I'll pray for Samuel's wife. <laughs> just let it go. Like, you know, I just think of this thing like, hey, it's right there. Like, you know, they're running through the living room, tripping over stuff. I'm like, just pick it up. You know, you know, the trash is overflowing. You even, you might even look and say, dad, the trash is full. Well, that's not my job. Like, you know, this mindset of when, when is it where we just start thinking and we start, oh, imagine that. My kids leave their bikes right on the sidewalk every single day. I'm about to throw those bikes away. I get so frustrated. It's like, why do you put it in the walkway? And then they move it to the grass. Then I'm trying to cut grass. And guess what? Now it's in the grass and I got to get off the mower. All of these frustrations. But when will our children start thinking on their own? So we got to realize, parents, it's not that they're going to figure everything out. But we want them to start thinking to make the right choice and applying the thought process of saying, well, if I do this, I wonder what will happen. As long as my kids are engaging their brain, at this point, I'm okay with that. But when I get really, really frustrated, I tell my kids, engage your brain, son. What are you thinking? And he just looks at me. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I talked like a child. I don't know, Dad. I have no clue. I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to freeze because I'm really frustrated at that point. He's like, so do I need to take the trash out? Do I need to do about what do I need to do, right? You know, but this accountability, this training, you know, um, you know, I know that there's different responses to children. There's different things that happen. But I want my kids to make the right choices. I want them to start thinking. And maybe it's even under the idea of saying, well, what would dad want? Or how would dad do it? Or what would please my mother and father? Because let me tell you what, if they learn to please their mother and father, it's very easy for them to adapt over to pleasing Father God. Now, if you're rebellious and, oh, I don't want to do what you're going to tell me. <laughs> what do you think your response will be to God? Well, I don't want to do that. That right there is too hard or that's taking all my freedom away. Shut up about your freedom. <laughs> you don't have freedom till you have your own house and pay your own bills. <laughs> 
You got to realize that, you know, like, I'm grown. Well, get out there and cut the grass, grown man. Well, dad is hot. I don't care. Like, come on. You want to be a grown man? You know, it's so, you know, I, we're, you're in this. Man, y'all, young adults, I love you to death. But you got to make that transition. You got to grow. If you want to be grown, good luck to you. But you got you to gotta cover the responsibilities. But, you know, when I talk about this accountability, it's setting our kids up for success. It's working as a team. It, you know, when I talked about the spiritual fathering, listen, if you see my kids acting a fool when I'm not around, whack them on my behalf. Say, your daddy said I could do that. Because, you know, sometimes our kids will do something when we're not around that they shouldn't be doing, but you see it. Right? So it's the same thing. You know, I would feel like, hey, he whooped you, he spanked you, he did whatever. I don't care. I told him to do it. You know, so it's, it's encouraging the right behavior. You know, we can really test character of a child or a person. What do you do when no one's watching or there's no chance you'll get caught? It's easy when dad's sitting there watching you. Oh, I got to I got to act right. Daddy's watching. But the moment my eyes are not on my children or they're not doing what I what I've asked them to do, they may what I call get distracted. Oh, well, dad, the Xbox just turned itself on. No, it didn't, son. I'm going to throw the Xbox away if you don't clean your room. Man, my son, I'm sorry all this is coming out. My son has been challenging me. This morning, I let me keep going and get, let, this, let, it, let it go, Lord, and I'll be over it, maybe. This morning I walked in. He just cleaned his room three or four days ago. It's a mess. Before I come to the van, I have my truck and Becky has her van. I hate riding in that van because my kids live in that van. If you're a dad, you know what that means. They bring everything all through there. And, and before I go out there, Becky says, please excuse the van. So I'm thinking, oh, it ain't going to be that bad. Oh, it was bad. I mean, I want to take that car to the dealership and come out with a new one because I said, it's almost to the point. I'm done with it, right? Um, we got to remind ourselves, our kids are a blessing, not a burden. I need to pray on that for a minute before I keep on this message. So we want to cultivate our kids making the right choices on their own. I think that's how we can succeed as parents. Do we see them regularly making right choices, godly choices, biblical choices? Um, you know, Dad, your children need you to be there as that, that unmovable object, that pillar in their life. It's important not just to communicate the expectation, but also to model it to your children so they can see it. Don't just, do, don't just say, do, do as I say, but do as I do. They want to see it modeled, fathers. Well, when's the last time you read your Bible, son? If you're not reading your Bible... Give them some slack. Well, when's the last time you've been praying? I know Miss Becky said you got to be praying. Well, fathers, when is the last time you prayed? Now, dads, I'm talking about do it on purpose where your kids can see it. I mean, I know there's some value getting away from all the chaos and going to your room, closing the door and getting to that isolated place where you can really spend time with the Lord. But there's also huge influence when you take this word and you sit it right in the living room and you're sitting there reading and your kids sit right next to you and then you take that opportunity. Hey, let me read this to you. They see you praying. They see you meditating on the scripture where they are seeing you practice what you preach. To ask one thing or expect one thing and live completely different. Is that, is that the kind of kids we want to grow? We got to be aware, fathers, because I know we do it, right? Like, hey, how many of you, say, how many of you have used this phrase? Because I said so. Boom. And that's the, the parental approval system of the, it don't matter. I said so. Well, dad, you don't. Man, I hope that doesn't come up. Right? Because that really reduces what you're saying. 
But if what you say and what you do mesh together and they match, it will be very effective in the lives of your children. Fathers, you are to set the bar high. You are to set the standard for your home. You have to model it to your children. You say, Pastor Arnoe, I don't know how. Ask the Lord for wisdom. But you've got to be involved in the lives of your children. That is your responsibility. That is your God gift to you. Fathers, you're positioned by God to provide accountability to your children, not just be their friend. Now, I know that's a culture thing nowadays. You just, man, well, I want to be buddy-buddy with my, with my kids. I want them to think I'm cool when I'm around their friends. I'm worried about character. I'm worried about obedience. I'm worried about raising great kids, not just being their friend. So there has to be a divide. Now, you know, I hope my son and my kids like to hang out with me, but at the end of the day, I'm still their father. It's my responsibility to raise them well. Dads, do you realize that you have the power to be your child's daily life coach? You, that you, that you, 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 do you realize that kids, you know, do you realize kids will get in trouble every single day? I started learning every single day I can find something to shake my head about, right? You know, every single day they're going to get into trouble, you know, so dads, moms, you know, Help navigate them to make the right choices, learning how to make the right choices in situations, maybe coaching them when they make the wrong choice. And that's usually not hard to do when something blows up in their face or from the little funny things of money management, maybe like Samuel spends all his money and he doesn't have any, but the girls save their money and the girls keep getting to buy an ice cream and stuff. And Samuel's sitting there with his little $5 toy and is all mad at the world. I said, but you already spent it, son. Well, Dad, it's not fair. No, it's fair. You had the same amount. Life lesson. Don't buy the cheap $5 junk that they entice you to buy, right? Life lessons. But it's your responsibility to show them how to make the right choices. Let me give you one more freebie this morning before we kind of shift a little bit. But, you know, I want to encourage you parents, don't just make a big deal out of the wrong decisions, but celebrate the right decisions also. Are your, are your kids going to remember just when dad would get mad and he chased you around the house with a belt or discipline you or whatever? Or will they remember the times you celebrated the great decisions they made? I know we're way more critical than we are encouraging. It's woven into our fabric, man. I do, I, you, it's going to have to go against what you want to do. So find them doing something right and praise them for it. Proverbs 29, 17, it says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Now, I could go to war with some of you over what that word discipline means, but I know that when discipline happens, this scripture says that it will give you peace and they will bring you delight, the delight that you desire. So we can all agree that discipline is necessary, right? Amen. Take it a step further, Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their child, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, the question that I ask here is to spank or not to spank? It is the question. Now, in, in, in that passage, he said the rod. He didn't say ground them from the phone. He didn't say time out. He didn't say take away their Xbox. He didn't say turn off the Wi-Fi. He said the rod. Some of your kids about to walk out and say, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'll talk, to I'll talk to Pastor Abel. I'll get him to preach the same thing. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying today, all right? There's something about the rod that fixes the situation. Now, I don't spank my children all the time, but every now and then I see it as a calibration adjustment. And it works. 
I can tell them, I can fuss at them, I can reiterate. Don't you know that this doesn't honor God? Don't you know this is frustrating me? Engage your brain, son. And sometimes he just ain't getting it. I will whoop his backside, and all of a sudden it's like, fix everything. And it's not that I did anything different. It's not that I didn't talk to him. I didn't. Now, there is a, there's a thin line between abuse and discipline. Don't get it all twisted here. Well, I was mad, I just started nailing him. No, don't do that. In your anger, do not sin and kill your kid. That's not what Pastor Noah is saying. But discipline under control and don't be angry. But there has to be consequences for choices, guys. If there is no consequence and they always get what they want or they always manipulate you, they're going to grow up and they're going to think they can do that in the world. Now, some of you fathers in here, you have totally released all of the disciplinary actions to your wife. You're like, oh. Quiet, right? You got to take some of that back because there's something that dad being in the picture changes everything. So it's not that my my kids have this perception of Pastor Noe as this mean guy, but if daddy's in there talking to you and I'm holding the belt, oh, they know it's business. It's no longer mom being frustrated, you know. And and sometimes Becky will get frustrated and she'll start hollering. I was like, just whoop them suckers. Get over, quit yelling. Let's finish this. You're fighting. You're fighting with your kids. I said I'd already whooped them. If I get, I'm going to whoop them before I get that mad and want to kill them, right? You know, don't get that crazy, guys. You know, you know, husbands, wives, fathers, talk with your spouse and figure out how to model that in a well-balanced way. Because we don't, want, we don't want just mom being the bad guy. We want the kids to realize mom and dad are on the same team and they're on the opposite side. Don't allow a child to manipulate one parent or the other parent against you. Hey, one of the questions I'll always ask, hey, what did your mom say? Or Samuel will ask me something he thinks I'll say yes, but I got him now. Because he's like, oh. And I was like, does your mom allow you to do that? Well. So you think I should allow you to do that? Well. You know, like, he's, he's wanting me to, to kind of, because if dad said, because that's the other thing. If I say something, even if it contradicts my wife, Becky supports me in a way where she will honor that. Now, I got to make sure I'm communicating with her that I'm listening to what the guidelines she's establishing and said it. So we're on the same page. I don't want my wife to set a high standard and me to set a low standard or vice versa, where I set a high standard and she sets a low standard. But we want that accountability to be balanced because there's enough confusion in our kids trying to figure it out that we don't need several standards. We need a consistent standard. Got to work together, parents. Be consistent. But I know that that passage says rod, but it says he who spares the rod hates his child. That's, pretty, that's a pretty strong wordage there tell you what pastor noe is a byproduct of spankings man i went through paddles i went through blind rods i went through all kinds of stuff but i stand here today walking the straightest path possible <laughs> right it, it works guys you know like i know culture changing i'll call cps on your mom well good luck cps ain't gonna be better than my house Right? You got to realize that. You're not their friend at the end of the day. You're there to create, to, to create character that's going to honor God in their future. You're going to cause them to have consequence for sin. Fathers, you got to be that place of accountability in their life. Hold their feet to the fire. God expects a high standard, and you should too, fathers. They should be going to you for questions and looking for answers. Dad, what do you think about this? Or, hey, my friends were talking about this. Dad, what do I do with that? And you should be coaching them every single day. They should be asking you questions often. They got to have that trust in you. So the definition of, disciple, or, or of discipline, it means 
the practice of training people in this regard, children to obey rules, a code of behavior, using punishment to correct disobedience. Okay? We've got to realize that love really equals discipline. If you don't love your child, you will not discipline your child. If you love your child, you discipline your child. Amen? So without a father or mother who, who will not budge on standards or, or let the kids get by, a child has no inner accountability and there are no walls established. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into with, and left without walls. So this is like an unfortified structure that's just open to whatever the enemy wants to do. There's no boundaries. There's no walls of protection. It's almost to the point of being naive and stupid. If they cannot realize how to practice self-control, discipline and parenting accountability is the first fruits of realizing how to be self-controlled. You realize that? It starts with that accountability. You know, I remember when I was younger, my mom always said a rule, which I don't know why, like I'm like, mom, it's right there. But she always used to tell me, don't go past the stop sign. And we lived like on a dead end road. Like that stop sign was literally like at the front doors of the sanctuary. I think about that now, like, I'm kind of like, hey, where are you going? You want to go around the block to the park? Oh, that's fine, Samuel. And I was like, my mom would not let me go further than she could see. Now, I was frustrated. Like this. So I had, I had two rules. Hey, don't go past the stop sign. And when them lights turn on at night, you better get home. You know what? And we didn't have cell phones. We would never. My dad would step out of, the, out of the house and he'd whistle. Well, I hear that whistle. I better be coming 90 miles an hour coming to the house. Because if he had to whistle again, that was one whistle too many. Right? You know, oh, my dad's going to drop everything. Hey, pick up. The, I got to go. Like, whatever you were doing, you better be moving. Right? You know, we, we, we realize these things, but, you know, don't stop. Don't go past that. So um, young adults in the room, children, let me tell you, let me let you on in a little secret this morning. Broken trust makes for a very hard life. If you break trust, your parents can't give you freedom. If you instill trust and you keep trust with your parents, you will live a pretty good life. Because trust earned expands your horizons. It broadens your territory. But broken trust, oh, we'll, hog, we'll hog tie you and we'll keep you right here. Because ultimately we care about you. But if we can't trust you, we can't release you and trust that you will make good choices. Track record matters. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit. Look at, look at apprenticeship. So apprenticeship. So an apprentice, you know, so by definition, it says a person who is learning a trade from a skilled employer, having agreed to work for a fixed period of time at a low wage. So I changed this definition a little bit because it's like, let me, how do I apply that to parents? So this is a child who is learning life lessons from a skilled parent living for a fixed period for free. That's what it looks like. For, for, I mean, really, you know, uh, yesterday, Grace asked me when we went through a drive through to pick up some food, and she said, Daddy, you got to pay, pay for food every time you get it? I was like, baby, you have no understanding. Yes. It's like, but I didn't see any money. I said, this card right here, baby, I swipe it, and they take money from my... So somebody else, she's, her wheels are churning, you know, five years old, and she's trying to figure all this out. And uh, then I talked to her about savings, and, stuff, and she goes, I don't really get that, Dad. So I just stopped. I figured five, five-year-old with a, with a financial lesson was too much, but I'll take any opportunity I can get. But um, you got to realize that, you know, a child who's learning life lessons from a skilled parent. Now you, you, fathers, you may say, Pastor, no, I'm not skilled. Oh, you know a lot more than your kids. So therefore, that makes you skilled. Teach them everything you knew 
you know. Teach them everything you wish you knew. You know, there, there's no reason for a kid to fall in the same traps you fell into unless you're just ignorant and not talking to them about it. Because I know in my life, my parents taught me things to avoid, and then they just assumed I would avoid certain things. Now, the things that they intentionally taught me to, to, to stay way far away from, guess what? Oh, man, no. I got you right there, devil. I'm walking way away. My mama told me about that. My daddy told me about that. He warned me about that. But the areas that he just really didn't encourage me with or didn't show me, those were the things that, and not that I didn't, I knew they were wrong or not right, but like to me it wasn't the same as, as far as that teaching, that showing, that reiterating. Every chance they get, hey, stay away from that. Hey, be careful right there. And it wasn't so much that I knew, but I think parents, make sure you explain the why. Why is it dangerous? Why should you not do that? And now, now, if you really want to impact your kids in a way that they'll remember, you're going to have to be a little transparent there. You're going to have to tell them why it almost destroyed your life or why it cost you years of your life or why it almost messed up your marriage. Or Let them into the windows of that sin so that they will avoid it at all costs. Now, you can just say, well, I just don't want to talk about it. I'm going to put it on that shame blanket. I'm not going to talk about it, and I don't want them to look down on me. Or what. So your silence could allow them to walk the same course of life that you walked. Because there are, there are things as generational blessings and generational curses. One of the ways that we, that we really release those spiritual um, curses is communicating those things, bringing those things into the light. It doesn't mean that we're proud of them. But by God, I don't want my sons and my daughters to walk in some of the same things I walked into. Now, if they did, oh, they're going to know about it. And then they're just going to be dumb doing it. But it's one thing to be dumb and choose not to choose not what you not what you should be doing, but but knowing better. Because I think sometimes we just truly didn't know. We didn't know that that deck was stacked against us and we walked right into it. All right. So realize that you are a skilled parent, that they're living with you for a fixed period. I don't know what that looks like for you parents. Sometimes maybe some it's 18. Maybe it's like, hey, you start working at 16 and come on. You know, sometimes kids, failure to launch. I've seen that happen too sometimes. It's like, when are you leaving? Right? You know, so, uh, you know, so for that, so that fixed period of free can sometimes be uh, extended. So every child we have to realize is an apprentice, even if you don't realize it. You know, so parents, your kids are learning from you. Fathers, your parents, your kids are learning from you. Fathers, every move, good or bad, is training. Everything you do, you're like, well, that's kind of harsh. Everything you do, they're watching. They're watching what you do. They're watching how you respond. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the harsh reality of when your kid acts just like you do. And you're like, where'd you learn that from? And your wife says, you. <laughs> or vice versa. It's like, well, you're hollering. So they're hollering. Why are you getting mad at them hollering? Well, they shouldn't do it. But you're, you're, you're modeling that. So we have to realize everything we're doing is training. We have our, we have our children for such a small window of their life. You know, and, and I think that's one of the realities that has really been shaking me lately. Samuel is 10 years old. So let's say he leaves at, at 18. I got eight years left. I'm more than halfway done. It's kind of scary. It's like, man, you better come on, buddy. But at the same time, it really causes me to kind of kick myself in the pants and say, I got to be serious about this. I got to have these hard conversations. I don't even know how to do this, but I got I to talk to him. Right? 
You know, so throughout history, fathers often taught their, their skills to their sons and daughters. And fathers, I want to encourage you to teach your sons and daughters as much as you can. Don't focus on the practical, but all, just the practical, but also focus on the spiritual. Practical crafts and skills and training, that's, those are good things. But spiritual are also important. So whatever you're good at, teach them to your children, practical, technical, and spiritual. You know, it's woven into the DNA of every father's when we talk about this apprenticeship uh, to pick on your kids, to, to, to frustrate your kids. You know, in this next scripture, I really think this is why God put this scripture in there. Ephesians 6, 4, it says, fathers, do not exasperate, which means provoking your child to anger. Any dad's ever done that? Never? Man, y'all are lying, man. I like been doing that my whole life. And then Becky looks at me and says, you know that scripture? I said, I know I'm a preacher. Leave me alone. Right? It says, do not provoke your children to anger. It says, instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. You know, the New Living Translation, it says, the, the discipline and instructions that come from the Lord. So, fathers, you've been positioned by God uh, to father your children and to teach them all that you know and to help them live out the instructions of the Lord. Now, I still tease my kids, but I'm careful how hard I do that. Because there's just some great fun moments. <laughs> You know, and really, most of the time that I pick on them, it's because I see the same thing in me or I was the exact same way, right? It, it's just, I don't know. God has to work on us, man. Like, I just think it's hilarious. But then they get madder, and you keep laughing, and they get madder, and then all of a sudden, they don't want to have nothing to do with you. I was just playing. No, Dad, you took it too far, and you break their heart. <laughs> but we just want to keep prodding and focusing. I'm going to see if this kid's going to blow up. He's right there on the fringe, and you just... You just kick them right into it, right? So we don't want to, as fathers, we don't want to provoke that in a way of where their taste towards us, our relationship with them is broken. Because if we, if we criticize or we're hard or we, or we tease them or as that scripture says, you know, if we provoke our child to anger often, it'll be counterproductive to what God wants. He says, don't provoke them to anger, but train them, instruct them in the Lord. So notice this, this word training. I think that that's one thing that, that I learned a long time ago. You can't expect a result until there has been a training process. Like It's like getting mad at your child and saying, you should know better. Wow, you spank them, but they have not yet been taught in what they should do or how they should respond. You know, it's like, I'm going to spank you. Well, figure it out. What do you mean figure it out? Like That's what you're saying if you're not training your kids before you discipline them. Now, I have a rule in my house. Soon as you know the expectation and you choose otherwise, that's when the rod shows up. But if you do not know the expectation, like literally, if you don't know what to do, well, baby, well, how you should have said this or what you should have done was this. Okay, do you understand? And, and usually at that moment, I release grace. But the moment you know what you're supposed to do, you do what you want to do, which is contrary to what you should do, that's when discipline steps in. Why does this matter? Because God expects the same standard. He's going to make sure you know. He's going to make your eyes read across the scripture that you don't like. And you'll be like, oh, I want to rip it out of them. I, mean, I don't like that one. And then, then you're going to have an opportunity to be obedient to that scripture or be disobedient. We know obedience promotes what? Blessing? Disobedience? You know, a lot of people think, well, I'm a child of God. God will never cause these things. You know, a lot of bad things in our life are byproducts of sin. You know, we think, oh, well, is bad God just a bad guy? No, but he gives us what our cho choices equal consequences, good or bad. Good. 
Every single time. So it matters. We have to have a training process. Then we have to have discipline that's going to hold us to that training requirement. God's not going to be like, well, I know you know better, but I'm just going to reduce my standard. God, does ne- God never reduces his standard. So if you jeopardize the standard. Now, there's moments in my kid's life when I give them grace because I want them to see the grace nature of God also. There's been many times God has given me grace and not given me what I deserve. But I explained that to my church. I said, you know you deserve a spanking for this. That did not please God, and I'm going to release grace. What does that mean? Well, that means not getting what you do deserve. And you know what? Jesus did that for me and your mommy, and he does it, for, and he can do it for you. You know, we begin to segue. We are God, fathers, you are God's representative to your child. Good, bad, and ugly. Don't be a bad representation of who God is, but have that balance. All right? You got to teach them. It says, train and instruct. Tell them what to do. You know, maybe this morning you say, Pastor Noe, this father thing, hey, I, I just need help. Let's look at Psalms 127, verses 1, and then we'll skip down to 3 through 5. This is the New Living Translation. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it uh, with centuries will do no good. So children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in the warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he, is, he, is, he confronts his accusers at the city gates. So when we look at this passage, we have to realize that everything requires a foundation. It has to be established on something solid. So really, I talked about initially that your kids need a foundation, right? Well, you need a foundation also. And if you're building on your own, it's going to fail. You know, we, th- we think about you know, the story about the guy that built his house on the rock versus the guy that built his house on the sand. It says when the winds came and the floods came and the, the torrent rivers began to flow through it, the house that was built on the sand fell. But the one that was built on the rock stood. So fathers, if you say, I don't know what to do. I've never done this father thing. Hey, I haven't either. There's sometimes, Pastor Noe, I feel, I feel like I can't do it. Even as a pastor, there's times that I feel like, man, I'm swinging for the fence and I'm like, I got this home run and bloop. And I hit a little bunt right here. It's like, ooh, that was not my goal, right? We miss it. We don't. But, man, I would rather be a father swinging, striving to, to, hit, to swing for the fence than not do anything. Father's passivity is not an option. When you were single and not married and no kids, maybe it was an option. The moment you got married, the moment a kid showed up, you got to engage. So submit, submit your father into the Lord and it will succeed. The Lord has to build the house. You cannot do it without God's help. Okay? And likewise, I really believe that as your kids grow, they'll realize that they need the Lord's help also. So affirmation, let's look at this last one real quick. So affirmation is the action or process of affirming something or being affirmed. So it's not in your head. It's giving a thumbs up. You know, I got this little code with my kids. They don't realize it. I hope they remember it, you know, when I'm long gone. But, you know, they'll be way across and I'll just go like this. I'll give them a quick little thumbs up. And they know that that's dad's approval. That's, that knows dad was watching. Hey, he was paying attention. Sometimes before I do it, you know what they'll do to me? They'll get to that second base and they'll be like if. I see you, baby. Right? You know, I engage that. That is that seal of approval. That's that head nod. That affirmation from the Father is one of a kind. 
Man, I always appreciated my mom rooting for me. She always did. But there was something when my dad rooted for me. And I don't know if that was being, a, and, and you know, so mothers don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like for men, for boys to become men, they have to be affirmed by a father figure. Dad said I did good. Dad approves of it. Dad was there watching. It's just something different. You know, we've been doing this men's study, and, and it says only a man can call a boy to manhood. Moms, you can try. You know, and, and I remember a lot of those awkward conversations where mom was taking up slack for dad, and I was like, Mom, why are you talking to this stuff about me? I should be talking to dad. You know what I'm talking about? Just awkward stuff. I was like, this is so awkward for me. Dad should be talking to me about this, or dad should be having this conversation. And, you know, and... And I'm about to have to have those same conversations with my son. And it scares me to death, but I have to do it. And I know a lot more than I think I know. Realize that. You just got to know more than your 10-year-old. It's not that intimidating. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to know more than the 10-year-old. Right? But that affirmation, they're looking to you, Dad. Are you in their corner? Are you there? Let your kiddos know you're proud of them. If, if they have extracurriculars, Dad, be there if you can, as much as you can. Work will always be there, but your children are only there for a small moment of your time, of your life. You know, if your kids know that you're watching, you know, they'll look for you and, you know, they'll kind of, did you see that? You know, like they just have that, oh, it's like, dude, focus, you're going to mess up now. And then I'm going to be like, what are you doing, kid? Right? You know, but they're always kind of secretly looking. There is a desire to please in most children unless that is broken. You know, there's that desire to please. Hey, am I doing well? They're, they're looking at you to establish that affirmation. To say, hey, you're doing a good job. Just like when we help them, we train them, we also want to affirm them. Okay? So ask yourself this question, parents. Will your children only remember the times that they were reprimanded? Or will they remember the times that you celebrated their accomplishments? I really think that that's a key. All right? You know, all my kids right now, they all want to be artists. And uh, Samuel has been impressing me. Like, he draws really, really well. And so my girls see that I'm all excited about Samuel's drawings, so Cassidy will draw something. And guess what, guys? i got to be just as excited about Cassidy's as I am Samuel's. And then Grace comes along. And the smartest move I'd do with that, I don't even try to guess. I say, baby, what is that? Right? You know, because I'll get it all wrong. Be like, no, dad, that's not what that is. Can't you tell? It's great, baby, right? You know, so I have, to, I have to provide the same type of affirmation for my little one as I do my oldest one. But they see what I'm affirming. They see what's getting my attention. They're seeing what's getting my focus. And they just want a piece of the pie. So at this point, I'd encourage all of us to say, you know what? That's great, baby. Samuel, that's awesome. Man, maybe you'll be an artist one day. And as a father, I am a dream builder instead of a dream crusher. I don't know. The littlest one may be the best artist in the house. She just hadn't got to that point yet. I don't want to say, baby, give it up. <laughs> you ain't ever going to be an artist. Right? You know, at a young, just crushing those dreams rather than building and fostering those dreams. But she's looking for me for that affirmation. And you know what that happens when I do that? I get a whole, you know, school's bad, but she'll... Get those coloring books. Well, she wants to show me every page now. Oh, Daddy's proud of that. Well, check out this one. Well, you didn't finish that one, but it's great, Daddy, right? You know, it's building this confidence. And it's just like, i got to slowly <laughs> increase the expectation standard. 
because we really, really want to communicate to them when they do well. But on the flip side, fathers, we want to communicate when they miss the mark. You know, it's that, it's that whole society thing, like everybody gets a first place trophy. Well, we know in life, there's only one first. And then there's a second. And then there's a third. And after that, you don't even want to talk about it. Is you ain't first, second, and third? Yeah, you know, whatever. Right? You know, kids are looking to you, dads, to affirm with a smile or a nod saying, I am well pleased. Living a life filled with affirmation. Do you realize, guys, that this convinces you that you can change the world and you believe that anything is possible? This is what causes dream builders to dream big. You know, I know a lot of, uh, I've seen it kind of change in the culture where kids just don't dream of being great things as much anymore. And I don't know if it's because the father's saying, oh, you'll never do that. You're not going to be a basketball player. You're four flat. Give it up. Like, I mean, like, which that may be the real reality. But dad, let them dream. Let them be a kid. Realize they're a kid. You're the adult here. Don't be in such a hurry to get your kids to become adults. Let them be as kids as long as they can be. It's going to happen as a process anyway, and it's probably going to happen sooner than we want. So allow kids to thrive being children. Be a dream builder. Uh, I would encourage you that, uh, you know, even as you see spiritual gifts in your children, that you would affirm those things also, fathers. You can see them from a young age. Man, my daughter, Cassidy, she loves everything. Like genuinely, she always considers others like, you know, we were talking about that the other day. We're like, man, Lord, I hope there's, there's some balance to that because I could see how people could take advantage of that. You know, she'll do her chores and then she'll get up and, you know, she knows Sam has chores, so she'll do Sam's chores also so he can have more freedom that day. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. but that's her heart. But we can see in a society and a culture that we live, that could be, oh, oh you want to do that? Go for it. And then you got all these lazy bums and she's doing, the, I was like, no, we ain't going to do, there's, there's, there's going to be a learning curve there. But man, I'd rather have that problem than somebody that just serves themselves. All right. We know that life will be challenging, but if your children learn to please their physical father, guess what? They can learn the most important thing and that's pleasing their heavenly father. He will give that seal of approval. He'll give that thumbs up. He'll give that smile. He'll give that nod. Dads, your family needs you. And and I want you to know today, dads, fathers in the room, you were built for this. You may say, Pastor Noe, man, I I hope there was something I said that sparked something inside of you this morning that encouraged you. And, And where maybe once again, you step up and say, I can do this. I can make it. By the grace of God, I can make it. But you were built for this. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Your family needs that consistency. They need that stability. They need you to be dad. Mom can't do that. They need you to be a father. Mom can't do that. To wrap up the service this morning, you know, I really want to get out of here so all you guys can enjoy the rest of the day. But I want to leave you with one thing. Like Joshua was encouraged in the Bible... Fathers, I want to commend you today to be strong and be courageous. Don't sway to the left and the right. Look at the mark set before you. Realize that everything you do, everything you say, it's being watched. You're like, well, that's not fair. But it puts a lot of responsibility on you. And if you really see the role that God has placed you as a father, 
You'll step up to the challenge. That doesn't mean you'll always get it right. You know, one of the, you know, you want me to tell you what one of, I think one of the greatest characteristics of great fathering is? When you jack it up, apologize and tell your kids you messed up. Some of us as men are so prideful and arrogant, we don't mess up. We're perfect, right? And that's a huge flaw in our life, right? And if you're fathering well, you're going to mess some stuff up. But don't avoid fathering because you're afraid of messing up. When you do, acknowledge it. Ask God for grace. Ask for forgiveness. And grow. Realize you got this. If you get stumped and don't know what to do, ask Father God for guidance. God says that if anyone lacks wisdom, he can ask Father God for wisdom and God will release wisdom for whatever the situation is. You know, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he will give you strategic ways to to help your kids. He'll give you strategic ways to lead your wife. Say, Pastor, no, there's not the answer in the Bible specifically for that. Well, that's where the Holy Spirit will give you the specifics you need to make the right choice rather often if you get him involved in the equation. Fathers, your children need accountability. Got to have it. Realize if you don't let them have that, it's like pushing them down the hill with no training wheels, expecting them to survive the fall. Would any of you fathers really do that if you knew it was going to cause your kids harm? Wouldn't, right? So we got to implement accountability in their life. Secondly, they need you to model and treat them uh, and teach them through this apprenticeship, realizing you are teaching and you are training and you're instilling things in your children today that they will use and, and cherish for a lifetime. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but I got a chance today to impact my kids. I know it's all about us today, right, fathers? But my heart is still to be all about my kids. God says, if you need wisdom, ask for it. Thirdly, they need that, that affirming word. They, they need that assurance that they're doing well and reminded that they can be great. That's what I want my kids. I want my kids dreaming for a crazy, weird bit. I was like, man, you're getting on the fringe now, buddy. But man, I'll believe God for it. If God puts it in your heart, I believe we serve an awesome God. We need to dream more rather than dreaming less. Dad's in the room. Stand up for me one more time. You guys were built for this. You hear me? Somebody this morning said, oh, maybe this guy over here to my left, maybe to my right. No, you were built for this. I'm trying to look at every single one of you guys. You guys were built for this. God made you for this. Right now is the season. Man, don't bust yourself up about the past. You can't change any of that. You're living right now in the present. Make a choice today to change your course, change your path, and change your future. You got what it takes to be the dad that God has called you to be. Dads, I want to close with telling you, thanks for being awesome. Thanks for being awesome. You're your family's biggest hero. If you have kids, you've seen that in their eyes. Even when you think, man, I don't deserve that. You're your, you're your kid's biggest hero. You're your spouse's greatest helpmate. You are the balance and the stability of the home. And God needs you to be a father. 
He needs you to be stable. He needs you to be steadfast. He needs you to be courageous and bold. But he will give you whatever you need to be successful. Amen. Everybody stand with us now. We'll pray and we'll get out of here. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in the church. And Father, I know that sometimes you got to start with the fathers. You got to start with the husbands. You got to start in our hearts. Lord, I know that today's all about dads and all about fathers. But Father, we want to be fathers. We want to be the kind of fathers that you expect us to be. So Lord, I release supernatural grace in this house to be great fathers. When we don't know what to do, Lord, we know that you have the answer. And by your Holy Spirit, we can be led in making great fatherly, godly choices and lead our children every season of their life. Lord, we know that fathering is more than we can handle. But we know with you we can handle it. So, Father, I bless each father. I bless each home. Lord, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice that they leave this place encouraged and strengthened and excited about what the future holds, the opportunity to impact lives for your kingdom's sake. Father, we love you. We couldn't do it without you. And, Father, we are so thankful that we have a Father in heaven who is the perfect model for everything that we should be pursuing. I bless each one here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.